seeing you after so long, girl. My aim is true and my aim is pointed toward food writer, travel writer Christine Smallwood, also a good friend of mine, and that's the song she, she chose. And we're going to talk about that and her career and talk a lot about Italy, which is uh, both a, pa- a passion for both of us. And we're here at the, we are at the, uh, quick change of venue, we're at the uh, the booking office in the, uh, in the St. Pancras Renaissance, Ho- Renaissance Hotel. And hi, Christine. Hello, Chris. Yeah. So, before we get into what you do, uh, Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Um, yes. Well, I sort of grew up with Elvis Costello. Mm. Loved that album. Um, My aim is true. true that, yeah. that Alison comes from. Yeah. And, and was it this year's model? The next one, I can't remember. Uh, anyhow, I think that that a lot of us we sort of have music that we love. But then we sort of get into other music and, and some of the well-loved um, musicians we listen to, we perhaps listen to a bit less. But I, last year, was planning a trip to New Orleans with my husband. Okay, yes, yes, yes. And somewhere that we'd never been to before. And, and I'm sure, like you, always do sort of lots of research before you go somewhere. And friends of ours recommended an amazing television series called Treme. Yes, I don't know if you've seen it, it which is, is, is great. Um, and one of the reasons it's great is because if you've never been to New Orleans, it gives you an amazing sort of flavour for the whole sort of vibe there. And it features obviously a lot of music. Also, one of the main characters um, is a chef. And the characters are all sort of multifaceted and, and you sort of see them change, which is, is fascinating. And surprisingly, um, out of the blue, because I had no idea, Elvis Costello appeared in, I think, the first two episodes. So it got me thinking about him again. And of course, I went back and I listened to lots of lots of his earlier stuff. Not, not that I'd ever disliked it, but it sort of became far higher sure. up my playlist than yeah, it had yeah, been yeah, for yeah. many years. Uh, so I was thinking about him. And I, mean, I love his, as I'm sure you do, his lyrics are amazing. Oh, yeah. And I thought rather than choose one of the more obvious ones, I don't know. Oliver's Army, yeah. Pump It Up. Angels um, Wanna Wear My Red Shoes. That's, well, I that's, love uh, that's that one. one for me. Or, yeah. You know, watching, my, watching the detectives. Yeah, I thought I'd too, choose yeah. something that um, um, was quite big for me when I was at school. I had a friend called Alison at school too, so oh, that right. was quite okay. a big thing. Oh, um, nice. So, yeah. Well, it's a lovely song. I think it sets a great tone. Um, multifaceted, you say. Well, you are. So you are. You're a tra- you write books I about do. food and travel, specifically Italy. Yes, yes, I've written three books on three different regions of Italy. Uh, so the first one was a region in the centre of Umbria. Mm-hmm. Then I went down south to the region of Puglia, and finally up north to uh, Lombardia, to Lombardia. Okay. And the wonderful thing about writing the books is that it's an excuse to really get to know some of the most extraordinary and mind-blowing uh, food producers and food transformers in those regions. Mm-hmm. So some extraordinary chefs, yeah. um, some really sort of dedicated uh, cheesemakers and winemakers. And so you really get under the skin of, of, of that region and its food. And of course, yeah. food in Italy is, is so incredibly so, important as well. Yes, you know. delicious. And every region's completely different has its own cuisine almost really yeah absolutely Um, and its own its own way of doing things and I think rather than writing about food um, as an inanimate thing 
writing about it, you know, through the eyes and the experiences of the people who either make it or deal with it every day is such a wonderful way of, of understanding it. Okay. Well, I now have 10 million questions to ask you. One is just how, did, well, why Italy? Were you always like Italo-Fow, if that's even a word? I think I was. Yeah. I, I, the first place I was ever taken to abroad as a child uh, was to Italy. My parents right. waited until I was three. You were three years old, okay. I was three years old. You remember it? Um, I remember certain, we went there for three, it was the only time we ever went to the same place on holiday more than once. And we went there three years running when I was three, four and five. So whether I'm remembering things from when I was yeah, three, okay. or I, I don't know. But my parents had friends who ran a hotel on the island of Ischia. Okay. So we had this long journey. In we the sort of, Bay of Naples. So we flew into so Rome, then we had a train, then we had a horse and carriage ride. and It was all terribly exciting. And I can distinctly remember things that I know I haven't seen photographs of and I know I haven't been told. So um, I can remember the plug holes being completely open mm. and being quite frightened that lots of things could fall down them. <laughs> Uh, and sitting in, in, in the restaurant with my mother, arguing about she shouldn't count the number of cherries I, I'd had by the number of stones, but by the number of stalks, because of course there were far fewer stalks than there were stones, okay. in an effort to get Wise. more cherries. I can remember having my first ever cornetto, on, yeah, uh, which at the time okay. they weren't known over here, uh, with the Italian boys on the beach. And I can remember throwing pizza dough in this tiny, tiny little pizzeria. Uh -huh. And just thinking that was the most exciting thing ever. That just, is a very exciting thing. I think I made a complete hash of it. And, yeah. um, apparently the, the pizza guys made my pizza, which was the best pizza ever. I'm sure they just threw my bit of dough away yeah, right, and, and yeah, used yeah, their yeah. own. But you know, I was oh, very so young. So, uh, so that's the wonder about really sort of enthusiastic and welcoming okay. Italian food people. So beautiful setting, lovely people, sunshine. When did it click that the food's amazing there too? When you were throwing this pizza as a small child? I think, I think it probably was when I, was, when, I, when, I, when I was young, but I, I think I got into food probably more, um, I don't know, more analytically, if that's the right word. When I started to do French exchanges, I did French um, at tertiary level education. Okay. And so I in the run-up to A-level, I did various French exchanges. Um, so it wasn't a direct course to Italy? No, but I think it was when I, I, when I spent time on a, on a farm in Brittany, um, you know, sort of staying for another great weeks, place. And, and uh, another yeah. amazing place. Especially like butter. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly, and cider. And yes, and yes. We're actually, we're off to, to northern France for our first holiday in two years, um, in a couple of weeks, so I'm very excited about that. And I, I was just fascinated by the whole way, you know, the family sort of dealt with food. So we were on a farm, so, yeah. we, so you know, we had amazing eggs and it was a dairy farm, but they still had this extraordinary um, sort of vegetable garden. And we'd walk into the garden and we'd pick artichokes and, um, yeah, I think that was a bit of a, an awakening on the food front, to be honest. Okay, oh, very nice. And. So, when did the first book come out? It came out in 2000. And the first one was Lombardy? The first one was Umbria. Umbria, okay. Umbria, yeah, I started okay. in the centre. 
2005, okay. maybe. Okay. I'm, and before I that, we need to check that. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. This, um, this millennium. So it was absolutely this millennium. Yes. And you had uh, you had been working as a journalist before that. No, how did you get I, your first book? I had I'd been uh, no, I'd, I'd been in corporate life. So I graduated and I went over to France for um, for a couple of years. Worked for a big company um, out at La Défense, you know, the big business district. Yes, okay. Um, to the west of Paris. Mm-hmm. Had a great time there, um, loved Paris, still do love it, don't get back anywhere near um, as often as I'd like to. Then I came back here, I worked for a museum consultancy, then I worked in the city for a fair number of years. Okay. And then decided that that really wasn't for me, so left, uh, did a journalism course, um, had a book idea, and the rest of its history. Oh, perfect. It was just, a, well, not that simple, but you... It wasn't quite that simple, but... Um, but, yeah, you had an idea, and you pursued it, and there's a yes. Yeah, and I think because I had, you know, I'd, I'd done a language degree, and because I'd, I'd, I'd sort of written quite a bit in my professional mm-hmm. life, so, you know, stringing words together and, you know, following an argument through wasn't completely strange thing for me to do. Sure. So. Okay. Um, and the, the, the book series, so all three books focus on a different region. It's Appetite for? For Umbria and Appetite yeah. for Puglia okay. and Appetite for Lombardy. Okay. So Lombardy was last. Lombardy was last, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I know Puglia a little bit. I know, well, when I say I know Lombardy, I, I know Milano. Milan, yeah. uh, I don't know Umbria at all, but uh, are they, you find they're very different. Oh, they're completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there is obviously a sort of um, a sort of a distinct change as one goes from from north to south. I mean, they all they all have their absolute charms, and I would find it impossible to say which one I like I like the best. Um, I mean, obviously well, weather. No, and, and weather has has a big impact yeah. on on sort of how people behave. So you, you sort of look in it's sort of very north of, of Lombardy and the Valtellina, which yeah. is an extraordinary wine and cheese valley. Yeah. So, you get this amazing um, Chiavinasca, which is the mm-hmm. Nebbiolo grape wine, on the other side of the valley. They make cheese which they say they mature for up to 10 years, but you frequently find people who have eaten it um, okay. much older than that. All right, yeah. uh, so, obviously, it goes from being sort of quite white and creamy yeah. to being sort of quite orangey and granular. Hard, like, yeah, like a Parmesan quite hard. Cheddar, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of 90% cow, 10% goat's milk. And then, of course, you work, you know, you're sort of way down to the Salento in southern yeah. Puglia, and obviously people have a very different way of looking things. They're yes. sort of mounting people in there. Um, yeah. I know, they're sort of very punctual well, it's up in the like, what, what fascinates me about Italy, it's essentially going from Germany to Tunisia, and it gradually changes every 30, 40 miles you drive, kind of. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's a the common thread throughout, but, yeah, I mean, Sicily's very different from, say, Trieste. You yeah. know, and, and Trieste, I mean, that's got sort of the Slavic, mm. Austro-Hungarian edge to it, and it, it, it fascinates me, like, um, like maybe not, no other country. The yeah. very last time we had a drink together in Italy was in, was Trieste. in Trieste. Yes, 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 yes. Now yes, you yes. come to mention it. <laughs> yes, that was a fantastic press trip, and a great time. That was I'm, a great I'm trying trip, to get yeah. back there. I'm, 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 I've got an idea for a story. I want to get back there. I, uh, I think you left, and then I went around checking out all the little bars. Mm. 
uh, the next day, and it's just a great little city to explore. Yeah. yeah, I had a very early flight the next day, which was heartbreaking because I would love to have spent more time there. Um, but such a great region, um, Friuli Venezia Giulia yes. is, a, is a region that I think deserves more uh, more attention than it gets. I, I completely agree with you, and it in and of itself is very diverse. Completely. And varied. You've got the mountains, you've got the lagoon, you've got like charming little city. Trieste, and then the wine there, it's just, it's great. And San Daniele, so like fantastic ham. Yes. <laughs> what are we yeah. doing here? And, and Frico <laughs> if you like cheese. Yes. And we, um, I think I was completely... Oh, that's the melty, like, raclette a, cheese. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was completely amazed by how, how totally welcoming people were there. Um, I think often people feel that, um, you know, the further north you go, so the less expansive here, yeah. people are. But actually, I found the people in Friuli to be incredibly warm and welcoming. And that wasn't just because we were on a, on a press trip, yeah. just walking about town by myself, stopping to ask people sort of directions or ask people questions. And without exception, they were all extraordinarily helpful and smiling and lovely. Yeah, so. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, maybe that's your next book, huh? We'll see. Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, well, well uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about process. So, I mean, mm. I'm coming at this as someone who writes a lot about travel and food. Okay, sure. But I'm more like guerrilla style, you know, like I'll write 500 words on something and, and you're doing a whole book. Mm. And for me, maybe I'm, I, I've worked on small book projects or as a contributor, mm -hmm. but like I'm looking at your books now, they're, they're hefty. Not, it's not like ominous but it's 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 a it, that would look great on a coffee table yeah um how do you start the research process so you want to go to umbria you want to write about food what's next um i think there's nothing better than than spending time somewhere and i i know there's a temptation now to say well you can find out all sorts of things um, on the internet and indeed you can mm -hmm. but there are always surprises and I think especially in Italy there are lots of lovely little restaurants who either they don't have websites yes or their websites are truly shocking so there's <laughs> like very little Geo information Cities on it, kind of it's, there, it yeah. you know they, they don't tell you anything about the place and you sort of look at the website and you're instantly put off and you shouldn't be because they just they're not interested. That's not their forte. Yeah. And that's not what they're interested in. They're far more interested in, in, in going to the market and transforming some food into a really simple, delicious, unfussy plate of food and serving you with a warm welcome. And if you're somebody like me, you know, making it one of those really simple meals that you find hard to forget. And they actually don't care about people from the other side of the world being able to find out their opening hours right. online. Um, I know, um, you know, so over a decade now, a decade ago now, when I, I did the research for the Umbria book, most people in the book would say, oh, here's my email address. And either it was an unfunctioning email address, or they would just never, ever answer. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is, is, is very different now. But that's just not, they don't spend their time online, they don't spend their time on screens, they spend their time shopping for extraordinary produce and building up strong relationships with their local producers and 
serving in the main um, simple but delicious food. I mean, my, my preference for eating out, especially in Italy, is, is more the rustic end than mm. the fine dining end. And I always put two Michelin starred restaurants in each book. Okay. Uh, so Lombardy, for instance, had the joy of spending a few days with the Cherea brothers at Davitorio and Brusaporto, which is a three Michelin star restaurant. So yes, it's expensive, but it is quite extraordinary, and they are the most delightful people. They are two of the well, that them and their whole team are some of the hardest working people in the restaurant world I've ever come across. Uh, so they're really not just figureheads who kind of sort of waft in and and and. Yeah. Yeah. chat to a few people have their photograph sure. taken they really are working extraordinarily yeah. hard right down to I don't know, places like um, Osteria della Villetta in Palazzolo which is this very rustic restaurant but you know it has its own charms and I, I guess I feel more at ease typically in places that don't necessarily yeah. have a tablecloth and um, yeah, just sort of more sort of simple and straightforward. Well, I, but I, I think like it's interesting it to see. I like mixing yeah, it me up too. anywhere I, I go, really. I mean, when last time I was in Milan, I was uh, went to Lume, okay. uh, Luigi Taliente's place, Taliente's place, and my God, you know, phenomenal. But then also just the pizza place around the corner was kind of phenomenal mm-hmm. too. And that's, I guess that's what's great about Italian food. And maybe that's a cultural thread throughout the whole country is... The, the cuisine, it's simple, seasonal, maybe four ingredients, and just doing them justice, letting them shine, and, and that's just amazing for me. And I think that there is now, because there's been this extraordinary increase in, in food interest in this country, mm-hmm. and I think people understand, uh, without even saying it, that it's the quality of the, the raw, the basic ingredients yeah. that, that really counts. But there's a great quote from a man in the Puglia book who, who talks about, uh, you know, food is great because the shopping is so important and that he never goes to the market knowing what he's going to buy. He buys what he falls in love with. Yeah. Now that evokes that sentiment so wonderfully and so gloriously. Yeah. So I think rather than saying in... in it suggests a confidence in what you're doing as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it suggests a real sort of dedication and a real enthusiasm about what you're doing. And, and I love that. Uh, and actually, my interview with him is probably the longest interview I've ever done. I've done for five and a half hours. Okay, wow. Um, that, yeah, it was a long interview. It took a lot of transcribing. I'm quite big on that stuff. Um, so the books you, are a series of interviews with food intru- uh, food producers? Food producers and chefs or okay. sort of people. Food who, people. Food people. Okay. Yeah. Um, sort of talking about their experiences, what they do, why they do what they do, and just really getting under the skin of a region and its food that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, however much we travel, however much time we spend somewhere, they're the people who are living there. Yes. And, and, I, and I also really like the fact that you get completely conflicting views because I don't think everybody has to be I know, on message or saying the same thing. So one day I'll interview a restaurant owner who feels strongly that food should always be served on plain white plates. And then the next day somebody will say, no, I really like colour on my plates for whatever reason. And I don't think either way is right or wrong right, yeah. and I, I, I think it's great to sort of have that mix of, of 
that mix of beliefs. I agree. Can people use your books as guidebooks if they're planning a trip to Lombardy or something? Lots, lots of people do. Okay. Um, I mean, the nice thing is that we, well, I think it's nice, is that every restaurant we speak to gives us three recipes. Uh, we then oh, recipe. Nice. Okay. We, yeah, we so re- it could be a recipe book as well. Yeah, we recipe test them, um, and some of them Sounds end up like being fun. too similar. I mean, if you need help with that, <laughs> <laughs> quality control. Well, quite you, you, you laugh about that, but if there's one thing about professional chefs, they don't always use written recipes. Right. Yeah. And so often the uh, the recipes as they're given to you are completely unworkable. Oh, my my favourite right, one yeah. was one in the Umbria, which started. He he said to me, you know, we, we do cook quite, cook quite a lot of these. We cook them in quite a large quantity. I said, well, that's fine. Give me your quantities, and I'll pro rata them down. Okay, well, we take 10 kilos of spinach. Okay, well, that's that's quite a lot yeah. of spinach. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but it, it works. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, we have recipe tested every single recipe and they, they all work. Fantastic. And I, Do you like I, to cook? I love cooking. Yeah. And my husband likes cooking too, oh, so that's even, that's even better. But I, I do like the fact that you can, at home, you know, recreate some of the memories of, mm-hmm. of things you've eaten abroad. Um, yeah, may, sorry, maybe discover, yeah. sort of discover other things. Um, I know that um, Lombard is very much in my mind because I've sort of been doing more work with that in the last few years, but there's a, a delicious crispy polenta recipe in the Lombardy book, mm. uh, which all sorts of people who, for whatever reason, are trying to cut down on gluten or just trying to eat more um, non-wheat products yeah. are just raving about. People who even think they don't like polenta love that. Love There's something about crispy texture that most yeah. people find appealing. Yeah, yeah. So that works on, okay. on lots of fronts. Oh, that's great, that's great, that's great. Wow. Um, well, do you have an audience in mind when you're writing or when you started the project? I think I was just writing for anybody who was really interested in food beyond just saying, oh, that was a delicious plate of pasta. I think anybody who who just likes people's stories, likes to, anybody who's nosy, I guess, anybody who likes to find out more about the places they really travel to. I don't know if I have typical reader I mean people are, are, are great lots of people you know buy the book and write back as to how they heard about it how they found it um, or the adventures they had when they were using it which has been quite sort of life affirming okay um, there's nothing really? more encouraging than yeah. that, to be honest oh I love that yeah, yeah yeah when you get that sort of positive feedback especially mm-hmm. when it's out of the blue you're not expecting it it's, yes it's, it's good. and that's when you know you've really Achieve what you were, what I would be striving for, anyway. I'm sure it's the same with you. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, a little closer to home. You're working on some things here in the UK and here in um, London. Yes, I am. I'm doing some work for the um, up and coming Enfield Food Festival, okay. which is this August bank holiday on the Sunday and the Monday. Okay, in Enfield, North in en- London. In Enfield, North London. Okay. Uh, the festival is held on Forty Hall Farm, which is a wonderful farm. It um, is organic, it is very much a community enterprise, it's a community orchard. Um, The farm is very reliant on volunteers, um, so lots of people with loneliness issues and and, um, 
other reasons for wanting to work outside in, in the, the fresh air and with other people, go along and work there and grow some really lovely um, vegetables. They have some organic meat too. They also have the only vineyard within, at least I think it's the only vineyard within the M25. All right, so actual, they're and, making wine and they make grapes in London. And they make some very nice wow. wine. Ortega, okay. Bacchus and Fizz. Okay. So come along to the festival, taste their wines in situ. Okay. And we've, we've got various chef dens going on. And I'm writing a series, rather I have written a series of uh, producer portraits with some of the uh, people who are long-standing supporters of the festival okay. and not all but some of the the great food producers in Enfield so so far we've been talking to the head grower at Forty Hall Farm um, uh, a lovely lady who makes fermented foods kimchi etc and today it's the Holt White's bakery they make great okay. sourdough where can people find these portraits? Uh, they're on the, um, you can get through my website, um, appetiteforitaly.com, okay. or straight to the Enfield Food Festival website. Uh, we've got a gin maker coming up next. Okay, oh, very exciting. Yeah. And you're also going to be working with Chef Jane Baxter and, and Devin, am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. She, uh, Jane, is a, Jane is a good friend of mine. Her, uh, Jane and uh, her partner Sam Miller, who run a great company called Wild Artichokes down in Kingsbridge in Devon. We have, over the last few years, we've done um, a couple of Italian feasts in the run-up to the Dartmouth Food Festival. So we're going to be doing that on the Thursday and Friday before the festival, which I think is the 21st of October. I think okay. I need to check the date uh, this year. So we're going to be um, talking about and cooking from our favourite Italians. All right. So Jane, Jane is a big Italiophile. Okay. She has travelled extensively in Italy, and of course she's extra of a cafe, so has a strong Italian pedigree. So we'll be cooking yeah, some of our favorite dishes and talking about um, some of the people that we are most fond of okay. in Italy, which will be good fun. You mentioned River Cafe. I'm still trying to schedule my interview with Theo Randall. He's ah. agreed, but he's, he's away or I'm away, but hopefully that'll happen soon. I'm sure he's, that will He's a hero, soon. a food hero of mine. Oh, he's yeah. great. Yeah. You get who are, well, who are you? Some of your favorite Italians, so to speak. My favorite Italians are probably probably people who are really working um, at the coalface of, of Italian food and who probably aren't that well known over here. Um, I, I, find, I actually find it quite difficult to not think of most people in the current climate who are working in food as not being quite heroic. I think it's such a hard world to be working yeah, in at right. the moment. Um, especially sort of restaurants in this country are you know, having a really rough time of it. Um, so I think sort of hats off to just about anybody who's, who's trying yes. to do the right thing. I think you're uh, right. It's yeah. really tough. Yeah, I agree. And if I could put you on the spot, if you had to go any one place in Italy tomorrow for one meal, it can be as broad, general, or as specific as you want. Where would you go? I'm oh, that is I'm the paying. worst question. You're paying, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is the worst question ever. Um, oh, I would definitely go to um, your paying. Yeah. So we've got our own private jet. Okay. We're going to have 
We're going to have an antipasto uh -huh. in Lombardy. We'll have a primo in Umbria. Oh, okay. We'll have a secondo in Puglia. Very nice. And, um, yeah, okay, so we're down south. We'll, we'll walk around town. We'll do, um, we'll do an after-dinner yeah. passeggiata with a, with a gelato <laughs> in, in, in Puglia too. I, I can't. I really can't yeah. name the one place I'd go to, but it, no. So if you're paying, I would yeah. love to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, can we do it? Yeah, we could we'll, figure it out. Yeah, yeah we'll work that I, out, Chris. I, you know, I realize that's unfair as soon as I asked it. <laughs> Sorry. I would. I would probably. I, I'm, I would be torn between Bologna and Napoli. Oh, and good choices. Yeah, I don't know. Good choices. I, 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 but I. I no. no so it's hard to disagree with that, but then I do think there are so many places that don't get that much publicity mm -hmm. um, in Italy that really do have their own wonderful joys. I mean, Puglia, when, when I wrote my Puglia book, lots of people sort of didn't really know where it was, whereas now everybody seems to be going I know a lot of people have gone there in the past three, four years maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Great I, I wine would, there too, oh my God. Well, yeah. the wine is certainly improving. It's certainly getting a lot, lot better. But I, I would... Sort of recommend people going up to the north of the region. Everybody sort of goes mm -hmm. to the Valle di Tre in the centre and the Salento right down in the south. There are some real joys up north. North of Bari. Yeah, north of Bari. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I I did some work for a food festival down there um, a few years back, over a period of three years, and ended up. Um, Organizing or, or, or being part of the group that organized an exchange with the Abergavenny Food Festival in mm. Wales, which is celebrating its its 20th anniversary uh, next month. And we took uh, we took a group of people out there. One of whom was I know one of your recent interviewees, Tom Harrow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Of course. Okay. And we went to a restaurant in the tiniest of places called Monte Grosso, a place called Antiki Sapori, run by the truly wonderful and inspirational Pietro Zito and it was a fiercely hot day and we were all in a coach for I think it was over an hour it took us to get there we were quite a bit further south and everybody was sort of grumbling oh, do we have to go to this place really is there nowhere nearer we could go and when we left people were just raving about it and saying yeah, it was sure. one of the best meals they'd, they'd yeah. ever had but it is seriously out of the way um, he doesn't get any passing footfall. Monte Grosso is this tiny, tiny little place, um, you know, off the, the main road. Despite the name. Despite the rain, exactly. <laughs> it's not that far from Castel del Monte. Psych. Yes. Yeah. It's not that far from Castel del Monte, which of okay. course is, is a big uh, tourist attraction. Uh, uh. But you have to book to get into Pietro's. It wow, is right. full every day. Um, and so for me, there's that joy of finding really off the beaten track places that are doing things which are, are surprising and life-affirming and truly memorable. Fantastic, yes. Well, it's been truly memorable talking with you. Oh, I thank always, you, Chris. I could just ramble about Italy and food with you forever. We didn't even talk about New Orleans. But we, maybe, we didn't get we, onto yes, that, yes, and yes, I'm yes, such a yeah, fan of uh, New Orleans. I, yeah, maybe we should take that private jet there as well. 
You're on. But uh, <laughs> we were talking there might be a competition on my on my blog, tikichris.com. Okay. Give away some of your books, right? Yes, I'll give you yeah. um, I'll give you a, a set of um, all three of my books. Okay. And you can do the rest. Okay. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. And um, so if people want to find out more. It's Appetite for Italy. It's appetiteforitaly.com. Com. Okay. Or I'm uh, Smallwood C on Twitter and Smallwood CG on Instagram. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Get in touch. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah.